Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit gets fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. And there is much to learn about being an overcomer. You know, the scripture says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And the scripture talks about your faith growing exceedingly. Uh, Jesus uh, mentioned to people at times, he said, how is it that you have no faith and, and oh ye of little faith? And sometimes he said, I hadn't seen such great faith. So faith can be at different places. And when you're born again, you're not born uh, again fully developed. You're born a baby. Just like in the natural, uh, people are born babies and they have to grow up. And so we must grow up spiritually uh, in order to become strong and strong in faith. And what did he say? Desire the sincere milk of the word. That's what you're fed with. That's why we say our spirit is being fed. And so get your Bible, get something to make some notes with. Come on into the classroom with us. Put everything else on hold. And feed your spirit. I mean, you, you're probably feeding your body on a regular basis, but feed your spirit. Feed your spirit. It'll really change your life. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us agree together as touching this. We're asking you for the anointing and for direction and guidance and answers for everyone that's watching and listening. And Lord, uh, we purpose not to just be hearers only, forgetful hearers, but to be doers, to be those who implement and put into practice what you show us. Thank you for being so good to us. Uh, it's because you have sustained us this far that we're still here and we're doing as well as we are. And we know that you want us to be uh, experiencing complete victory in every area you've bought and paid for it. Thank you for showing us how to receive it, lay hold of it, own it, and walk in the fullness of it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, if you're new to uh, faith school, uh, we've been going for a little while, and we've covered quite a bit of ground. We started back, uh, you know, months ago uh, on the 11th chapter of Hebrews, and we took verse by verse and talked about what faith is and, and how it comes and, and how it's released and, and how it increases and grows. And then for uh, several past weeks now, we've been on the topic of faith for healing. And we took the individual accounts uh, of people healed in the ministry of Jesus. It's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 20 of them. And we took them one by one and studied them. And, and sometimes we'd stay on one all week and sometimes longer than that. And so if you missed all that, let me encourage you, go online, go to faithschool.org and uh, look them up. 
watch and listen to what you know ministers to you and appeals to you. No charge. Won't cost you anything. But uh, these things build. And uh, it has, uh, I call uh, it the law of displacement. Um, if you get full of the word and full of faith, it pushes fear and doubt and skepticism out of you. It's the law of displacement. But if you're just empty and you don't have anything good in you, well, there's a vacuum that'll be filled with some bad things, fear and uh, continual questioning, insecurities, instabilities, all this kind of stuff. And so uh, take advantage of that. We did finish uh, number 20, uh, 1 through 20 in our study, uh, but you'll find that there, the healings continued in the book of Acts. <laughs> so how many think we ought to take a look at those as well? There's a, uh, we have references to where um, it said many were healed, uh, and we're to give, but we're given no detail. But where we are given detail, there are four uh, individual accounts in the book of Acts. So let's take a look at those. What do you say? Uh, first of all, in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, I want you to notice how the book starts off. It says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. And so um, he's writing, this is uh, uh, Dr. Luke, and he accompanied Jesus, you know, uh, with the twelve and, and all of his travels and meetings and they saw the miracles and they heard the amazing messages and, and all those things. And now the Spirit of God is using him to write the rest of the story. What happened after Jesus went to the cross and his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension? And I want you to notice the language that the Spirit of God prompts him to use. He said, uh, uh, the former treatise have I made. What does that mean? The book of Luke. The former treatise that he wrote, uh, the Spirit of God through him. The gospel account of Luke is what he's referring to. And he said, that's an account, Luke, uh, is an account of all that Jesus, what? Began both to do and to teach. And so what you're going to see now is the, uh, the Acts is the continuing story of what Jesus continued to do. Can you see this, yes. class? Yes. Um, the reason I say that is because there are whole groups of people uh, who teach in their seminaries and they believe in their groups that, um, you know, Jesus could heal people. And he gave that power to the 12 and they could do some things. But when uh, Jesus passed on, uh, ascended, and then the last apostle died, then the need for the miraculous ceased. It was over. And you'll even hear them say, you know, that the age of miracles is past. We don't need that anymore. Well, I don't agree with that. Do you? I, we need miracles today. Is that right? Who in their right thinking would say we don't need any miracles today? Just look around a little bit. 
But it didn't say that uh, the, the account of Luke was what Jesus finished or completed, but that the things that he did in his ministry, uh, that was the beginning of something. Oh, can you see that, class? The beginning of something. And actually, you know, the title, and I want to remind you that, uh, you know, the titles and the chapter and verse divisions and the captions and that kind of thing, these were not inspired by the Holy Spirit. These are things that men have added later for reference purposes and that kind of thing. And uh, when it says the Acts of the Apostles, that's a title that men gave this writing. And in fact, I don't believe it's accurate. You might say, why do you say that, Brother Keith? Because uh, there are a record of things said and done by apostles, but also by prophets, also by lay people. Is that right? In this book. And so to just say it's the Acts of the Apostles, that's not accurate. It's, it's more than that. Uh, and what you'll find if you read the book of Acts is that you'll find references to the Holy Spirit on almost every page and in every chapter. The Holy Spirit this. You remember, He came on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Filled them all. And, and then we see references to Him all through this book. I think it's a, a more accurate uh, title to say that this book is a, a record of the acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. Yes. Huh, what do you think? Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church, which included uh, a number of people in the church over a number of years, not just the apostles. And uh, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, we studied that in some detail. I mean, everybody that came to him to be healed, left healed. Everybody. And we see him, you know, like that leper came to him and said, Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. He never told somebody, it's not my will. He never told somebody, it's not the will of God. He never told a one that, you know, well, it's not time, uh, wait a while. Uh, and, you know, in order for something to be scriptural, you need some scripture for it. Don't you think? And we can't find one case, not one reference, where Jesus uh, said that to a sick person seeking healing, or the apostles, or prophets, or evangelists, or people in the book of Acts, not one time. Did they look at somebody needing healing and say, I'm sorry, it's not God's will for you. Or I'm sorry, it's not God's timing for you. Those ideas are traditional doctrines of men and they are contrary to the Bible. They are not what the Bible teaches. Now, I realize if you grew up hearing that, you tend to think. If mom and daddy believed that and our whole group believed that, for, for years, or even for 200 years or 400 years, well, it must be right. Well, no, uh, old error is still error. <laughs> is that right? If it was wrong 400 years ago, it's still wrong today. And just because a lot of people believe something, that in no way makes it right. 
There are billions of people who believe absolute lies. And they'll find out at one point that they are lies, but many of them find out too late. So no, we have a book. Class, do we have a book? You, you're, not, you're not limited for me to tell you what the truth is or any other man or woman to tell you what the truth is. You have a book. Come on, class, say, I have a book. I have, I have a book. I have the Bible, and it is truth. Every word is purified, perfected, the Scripture said. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not my word. My word will endure forever. And he said that his word is truth. Say it out loud, class. Your word, Lord, is truth. Thank you for the word of truth. Now, what will the truth do for you, class? What will the truth it will make you free. It will liberate you. Lies will blind you and confuse you and bind you. But truth lets you see and truth makes you free. Hallelujah. Are you excited? Yes. If, that, if that's true and it is true, then it should make you hungry to want to get a hold of some more truth. Uh, find out about it and walk in it. Are you as free today as you can be? Well, let me ask you this. Do you know all the truth there is to know? And are you walking and operating in all the truth? Well, then you're not as free as you can be. How do I get more free? Hmm? You need to find more truth and not just find out about it, but start living in it. Start living by it, doing it, practicing it, applying it. So um, that's, that's one of the big things that faith school is about. That, and that's why we got one textbook in here. One. <laughs> the textbook. Hallelujah. Because we can trust this, we know it is the word of truth. And so everything that you read in the book of Acts, and we're going to begin to to look at some of these cases, is a continuation of what Jesus began to do and teach that's recorded, he said specifically in his writing of Luke, but it's the same in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What Jesus did, recorded in the gospel accounts, is not the completion of something. Now, he, when he went to the cross, as our sacrifice, and he said it is finished, that is a completion, his sacrifice. But his ministry, that is actually, he was showing us how to do it. And that is when he, when he left the, the earth, when he ascended on high, that was not the end of his ministry. It continued. Have you read the book of Acts? Were there any miracles? Were there any healings? Were there any signs and wonders? Well, that sounds just like what Jesus would do. Is that right? That looks just like what Jesus would do. You know why? Because it is what Jesus is continuing to do through his church by his Holy Spirit. Well, is there a church today? Is there a Holy Spirit still working today? Has he changed? Well, then he wants to be doing the same things. 
that happened in the ministry of Jesus continuing through his church. Now you will see, in the, that's the first chapter of Acts. In the second chapter of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit coming. And uh, chapter 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like as a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as he gave them utterance. So this was the, um, the coming of the Holy Spirit on the church, and it was evidenced by them speaking in other tongues. He's still here today, and he still gives utterance in other tongues. I know not everybody believes it, but God doesn't change, and the Spirit doesn't change, and his manifestations doesn't change. And so you'll see that this was not only their infilling, but part of this was a sign. A sign. What do you mean? Well, all of us have a right uh, as, as children of God to be filled with the Spirit and to speak with other tongues. But that doesn't mean that a, a, a mighty wind will blow into the room and, or that you will see flames of fire. And it doesn't mean that when you come out of the room speaking in tongues that people will understand you in 50 different languages. That part of it was a sign that shook the whole city and word of it spread all around. And of course, all those people that were in town visiting for uh, those celebrations and uh, ceremonies, they went back into their countries and told about this. This was uh, a sign. And as a result of that, I want you to, to notice um, the scripture said that when Peter preached to all these people, uh, let's see, skipping down to about verse uh, 40, he said, many, with many other words, he testified and exhorted, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day uh, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So the church is off to a start. We've had uh, the, the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the believers, and the sign of all of the people hearing them in their own languages. And so crowds gathered, and Peter preached to them, and uh, 3,000 uh, came in got born again, got saved. And so, I mean, the church has been going a very short time and it's already uh, made up of thousands. Is that right? Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, so I've, I've heard people say, well, I, you know, uh, I'm looking for a, a New Testament church, you know, a small one that's, uh, you know, more, more personable. Well, the church in the book of Acts was big. This was just the beginning. We're going to see uh, that 
uh, in just a, another chapter or so, thousands more were added, and then more were added. And then it says, and the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. Uh, it's no stretch to say within just a short, you know, just a few years, they were probably at least 10 or 20,000. And that's New Testament. I said, that's New Testament. That's Book of Acts. Uh, we don't want to see how small we can be. That means people are not being reached. Right? Uh, do, do the Lord want people in or does he want most people out? No? Does he want us to be a little exclusive clique and club and say, you can't join us, we have to stay small? No. We want everybody to come in. There needs to be, I mean, if, uh, if everybody decided to come in and get saved, the churches could not begin to handle the people. You would need so much bigger and so much more. Uh, no, what did Jesus say? The harvest is great and the laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into his harvest. So here we see one sign. Everybody say one sign. One sign of the Holy Spirit and thousands of people have gotten saved and come in. Now this is uh, New Testament evangelism, right? I mean, you can do all the programs you want to do and it may reach some, but not like how God does it. He does signs and wonders, and everybody around goes, whoa, what just happened? I need to find out more about that. And that's how thousands come in at one time. And so uh, skipping over now to the third chapter, we get to the first account of healing in the book of Acts, individual account. It says, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. Hallelujah. How many believe that happened exactly like that? This is not a, a parable. This is not some graphic representation. This happened. This is an historically accurate account. These people lived in this time and this miracle happened and this is inspired by the Spirit to reveal to us what God did and what He still wants to do. The man's feet and ankle bones received strength. How did that happen? How did that happen? That's, that's the power of God, isn't it? That's something 
men and women cannot do by their effort or by their intentions or well wishes. Uh, this was uh, nothing natural caused this to happen. This was the spiritual power of God. This was the, the anointing, that same uh, anointing that ministered when Jesus uh, touched people and ministered to people and they touched him. He took him by the hand. I mean, how many times did we see in those 20 accounts that the Lord said, arise, huh? get up, take your bed, go home, arise, get up. We've, I mean, this sounds just like something Jesus would do. You know why? Because it is something that Jesus did, continuing to do through his church, by his spirit. And so uh, his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. This is a miracle of healing. Uh, now, the healing is manifested in many different ways, and specifically speaking, a healing is a restoration of something to a, you know, from a diseased or a weak condition to a healthy and, and strong condition. And that happened here, but more than that, happened here. Uh, this man was born uh, lame, crippled, and we know that something was wrong or possibly even missing about his ankle bones because it mentions them specifically. He has never taken a step his entire life. Not one. Something's preventing this. And in a moment of time, his feet, his ankle bones, receive strength, it said. Strength. The, the power of God, the anointing of God, went into them and manifested. And not only are they functional, a man who's never taken a step in his life can walk and run and jump. This is a miracle, right? This is a miracle. Because even if they were just fixed to where they're functional, he'd have to learn how to walk. He's never taken a step in his life. And all the muscles that you normally use would be weak and atrophied and all that. Man, can God do it or can God do it? I mean, in a moment of time, something happened in his feet and ankles and he just leaps. The, if you read, read in other translations, it uses the word spring springing up, springing up. And so he leapt up. So he got some air. <laughs> and then he lands and he leaps again. And so after a little bit, they're like, hey, we came to pray. So they're going on in the temple and he's jumping with them and leaping with them and running with them. And everybody knew who it was because he was laid there every day. Somebody say, praise God, praise God, praise God. And our time's up again. Say it out loud, I live by faith, I walk by faith, I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Come back tomorrow. We need to find out some more about what happened in this amazing miracle. We'll see you soon right here in 
Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.